All right. So I have short drafts. Who else has one? Um, Shilo, maybe someone online. All right. I'll go first. Okay, Shilo, and you you can go second. All right. So um, so Shabbat Shalom, everybody. <laughs> um. So. Um, just the overview of this parsha we have is parsha Tetzaveh, and it, you know in the beginning it has um, the 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 beginning it has the the kindling of the menorah um, and and how they make the oil for the menorah and then it moves on to the priestly garments that the the priests wear and then and the, and after that it talks about um, and at the end it talks about the incense being burned on the golden altar that's inside the, the, the holy place, right? So we have these three different um, kind of ideas or, or three different um, things in this, in this parsha. And I guess the question is, so how do these three things connect? And so I read this article, and, and I thought it kind of it made, it made sense to me. So it said, um, so first we have the menorah, and the theme of the menorah is to shine, shine light, right? Um, um, but light doesn't just... Um, come from itself it uh, it's always has a source so the source of this light is the menorah or the oil that's burning and so there has to be a flame that's burning and making the light shine out right and um and and you know it light doesn't exist without like the source right and then and then so then we move on to the incense well we don't we don't move on we kind of jump over right we jump over to the end and we have the incense and the incense is 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 similar in a way that you know it doesn't, it doesn't just, there's not just the smell that's coming, this, this smoke or this, this aroma that's coming from the, from this altar, but it's also has, there's a little fire, a little spark in there that also like makes the incense smoke and makes it um, go throughout the, the room, wherever it's going and you smell it. Right. So it also has a source and that source is kind of also has some fire in it, which is interesting. <clears throat> and um, so we have these two different, um, things uh, have this uh, this source that, that's that's emanating either where whether it's some smell or like the light that's coming off, and then you know they're they're um, they're similar in a way, right? So, so like light and smell, they, what they have in co common is their authenticity, right? You can't um, they are like a, a reflection of the source in a way. Uh, they they represent the source. Right, so there's like the source of the light and the source of the smell is coming from something. You know, when you look out, when you go outside, you see the sunlight, and you know that the sun is in the sky and it's shining um, bright. And when and you walk into a kitchen and you smell some kind of good, good smell food cooking, um, you, you know either something was just cooked or it's cooking, and you you might even know what is cooking from from knowing the smell. Right, you could smell it. Oh, this is like cookies or something. Right. And, um, and and another interesting about um, light and smells is that they don't there's no lot they don't lie right there's the light is light and it just shines and hits you in the face and the smell as well it hits you in the nose it's either a good smell or a bad smell it doesn't lie right and then we have the, the garments the garments are in between these two other ideas right so we have these garments that the priests were given and they were um, very special um, and you know garments clothing as well is is, is not 
unto itself. You have to have someone wearing the clothing, right? I mean, you could see, see look at some clothing, but that's not the same as when someone's actually wearing it, right? So clothing is 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 also kind of representative, uh, has a source in a way, a source of the person that's wearing it, right? Um, but um, unlike the light and the and the smell, you have like a clothing can lie, right? You can wear like a you can wear like a, a uniform, a police uniform, and all of a sudden you're a policeman, even though you're not, right? You can you can you can lie with with your with your clothing. Um, you can't lie. Uh, light and smell doesn't lie. So that's the difference. Um, but it's interesting that you know this clothing is in between these two other. Um, these two other aspects of, of the light and the smell. And I think it's, um, I think Hashem, you know, from the article I was reading, I think it, Hashem is saying like, um, we should, um, the, our clothing should be representative of ourselves, right? And not only of ourselves, but of Hashem. And that spark, that fire that's inside of us should emanate and also emanate outwards. And maybe not just to our clothing, but our actions and other things that represent us, right? And it represent as we represent Hashem, um, that that will um, go out, right? Um, so I, I just think it's it's interesting. You know, we have this this special clothing that these priests would wear, that was um, like very royal, very like top notch. There's like that midrash about how I think one king just wanted to see the Kohen Gadol, you know, and just wanted to, to see him in his clothing. And I think he got blessed. I, I don't know my midrash very well, but I think he got blessed because of that, because he just wanted to see the the kohen. And so, you know, as these clothes um, represented Hashem, you know, in his like place here, his physical place that he had here on earth, um, you know, now it's it's us that represent Hashem, you know. So we also have to represent him in our actions, in our clothing, and our dress, and everything. Um, and we have that verse, you know, we, we, I guess the takeaway from this is, you know, may we pray that Hashem writes his Torah on our hearts so that we have that fire in our hearts so that we can, um, um, represent him, um, just like light represents its source and just like smell will represent its source. May we too also, um, in our dress and our actions in our, and and the way we behave, um, represent um, Hashem as the source uh, of 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 us, you know, that, that we can be like that. So I just thought that was a kind of a cool connection. All right. So Shabbat Shalom, everybody. And then uh, Sheila has something to share. Shabbat Shalom. This Parsha Tetzaveh talks about the menorah that was in the Mishkan. The priest had to light it every day and keep it lit. The, it was an everlasting lit. It isn't enough to just light it. You need to keep the flame burning. Doing the same daily routine can get boring, but the people with continuity separates the faders from finishers. Don't fade before you finish. Like, life is a marathon. Life is a marathon. There are sprinters who break records over short distances, but marathon runners need consistency more than speed. When I first tried to roller skate, I didn't have fun because I kept falling. But then I started to practice every day, just like the menorah was lit every day. 
And now I know a lot of tricks on my roller skates, and I'm the best roller skater in my family. <laughs> we may not live forever, but the light of God is eternal. Torah is truth, and truth is forever. The Hebrew word for truth is emet, and in Hebrew it's spelled with the letters Aleph, Mem, and Tav. The Aleph is the first letter in the Aleph death. The Mem is in the middle, and the Tav is the last. First, middle, and last represents consistency. As Jews, we need to not only start, but to finish what we are obli obligated to do. Shabbat Shalom. In the um, third Aliyah, if we pause for a minute and we see the attire of both the Kohen and the High Priest, and the uh, regular Kohanims, we see that the they were special made. They were the intricate detail of their garments. Each piece is delicately uh, crafted with uh, various uh, of the materials supplied. Um, they were made with care and precision. Additionally, something that uh, goes unnoticed is that uh, if we see that Modesty was a priority when for the garments of the uh, priest and the high priest. You can only see the, uh, the feet because they were performed uh, uh, barefoot. So that is something that we have to take care. We can learn something. We gotta be mothers uh, on, on our, uh, the way we dress. You know, men and women, uh, children, we all have to be modest in this, uh, in this, uh, when we're doing the, the service. And one of the things that we also learn is that every, uh, the uh, Kohen, the Kohen Gadol and the Kohens did not went and do the service uh, with not, nothing on their heads. Yes, we say that the covering our head to, uh, show everybody that we do, that that we honor, and we know that somebody is above us. But uh, the truth is that we should be uh, wearing our uh, our kippah every day, every day, especially when we are uh, when we are praying, because when we are praying, we're taking the uh, the role of the uh, kohen. Uh, because as, uh, as it is said in uh, Hoseas 14.2, it says, Bring words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive our graciously that we, that we may have offered the fruit of our lips. So every time, yeah, we do Shahari, Minhar, B, and the Shema before time, Okay, those are times, not just because we are by ourselves, we, uh, we have to be conscious that we are in, the, in that moment, we are in the presence of uh, Hashem. And, uh, and, and when you are in the presence of Hashem, uh, we cannot be on our shorts. You know, we got to be dressed properly. And uh, honestly, and not until recently, I did not realize how, uh, the the delicate of the matter, you know, I was getting out of bed, uh, doing netila, and then going to shahari. 
but now I, I am I understand. And that is the uh the secret is to understand what we're doing, not just to know, because to know anybody, anybody know anything. There were some people who would say, you know, uh, can me uh by crap 312, no, they did. Uh, do you understand what is what it says? Because when we understand what the uh, Torah is saying, we make it part of us. And when we make it part of us, then we whatever we do, we put our hearts into it. So that is why it is important that we understand, not just to know. Anybody can know. Anybody can know the Torah back, uh, you know, and recite verses on but to understand really the significance of everything that we do. Why we do shahadi, why we do minhab, why we put our kippah, you know, why? And we, we also have to remember that when we have our kippah and our tzitzit in our daily life, we also represent in, uh, our brothers, everybody that is in this uh, show. And not only him, we represent uh, Mashiach, we represent God, so our behavior has to be uh, uh, without without a sin. We have to know at all the time we are being judged. Either we do right or we do wrong, but we are going to be judged. And guess what? They're not going to say, "Oh, look at uh, look at uh, Ezra." No, they're not going to say, "Look at Ezra." They're going to say, "Look at that Jew." And guess what? then now we all are guilty of something that Ezra did. So we have to take, uh, uh, be aware consciously of where we are, who we are, and what we do all, all the time. Going back to the, to the, uh, to the uh, knowing is, to understand is, a lot of people know the, 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 the 10 chains, you know, uh, they call them commands, but they're not commands. There's the same things, but yeah, almost everybody can recite them, you know. But do you understand what it means? Do you understand what it means? Every single one of them. That's what we have to be uh, uh, conscious and uh, and meditate on this. It says that we, every day we have to meditate in the in the word, and that will uh, keep us humble, and that will keep, and that will they will. Uh, uh, Take us close to Hashem every day. Shabbat shalom. I wanted, uh, I wanted to. I wanted to share something from Rabbi Nachman, but do you, she's our resident scholar student here. Okay, okay. So I was uh, studying Rabbi Nachman's Torah commentary, and um, in verse in, in Aliyah five, verse thirty-five, it says, um, "For so shall you do to Aaron and his sons, according to all that I have commanded you this is during their um, ordination inauguration." And it says, "For seven days you shall perform their investiture." That was the Chabad translation. In the Hebrew, though, Rabbi Nachman pointed out that it the, this word, you shall perform their investiture, 
It really says in the Hebrew, you shall fill their hands. You shall fill their hands. And that reminded me of the verse that says that, you know, whatever you do in this world, in this life, with your hands, whatever you do with your hands in this life, you shall do it um, with all your might and as if you were doing it for the Lord. I may be conflating multiple verses together, but I'm sure all those thoughts are are in the Bible. And, and Rabbi Nachman says that, that our faith is in our hands. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And it, it just all connects. It's like, if you have faith, just like in, in the Bible where it says, show me, uh, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm going to get this, this quote wrong. Something like, show me your faith without works, but I will show you my faith by my works. So do we really have faith? How can we know that someone truly has faith in God? What is the work of their hands? What do they do? Not just on Shabbat, but every single day, right? What do they, what do they prioritize in their life? Um, it, how, how do they do business? How do they uh, treat their friends? How do they treat strangers? How do they treat their family? You know, everything that we do, the, the, all the work of our hands, this shows um, our faith. I also remember, I think it was uh, Ruben's brother who said something like, um, this is why we have, you know, this is why Israel was given so many commandments so that we could keep busy doing good. We don't have time. We should not have any time to sin. We shouldn't have any time to do evil because we have 613 commandments, right? Of course, they're not all for us, but still, still a lot, no matter how much you're is, is obligated to you or not. And um, the next thing that I thought was very interesting that he uh, talked about was in the sixth Aliyah, verse 38, um, he's comparing this, this verse. It says, and this is what you shall offer upon the altar lambs in their first year to a day continually. And he's contrasting that with the ketoret, the incense offering. Now this offering, this daily sacrifice was outside. Um, with, and the ketoret, the incense offering was inside. And is right next to the uh, most holy place, and he said, or the Ari, he said, he, I think he referenced the Ari, that the Ari said, I know, I think he said, which Revelation also says, that kind of in a way, he said that the incense offering basically, um, it's to, it represents that when we when we perform this incense offering which represents our prayers that it is a way to bring heaven or the heavenly realms down to the klipa um, which is a, a jewish term for a place where sparks holy sparks holy things are stuck in the shell and it can't they can't fully be what they were meant to be because they're stuck somewhere it's like this realm of darkness. It's it's a it's like a husk. It's like a piece of corn. The good part is inside the husk. And so there's a lot of things in the world that are supposed to be good, but they're stuck in husks. They're stuck in a klipa and it's stuck in the klipot. And you have to peel away the evil, the darkness, the the things that are preventing the holy sparks from being what they should be in God and in in God's world. So he says that our prayers are what do that. But then he says that the Ari says that the daily offering that was that was offered outside of the temple, that this is what 
helps to bring um, the lower realms to the higher realms. And he said, and, and Rabbi Nachman compared this to um, a new, kind of like a new believer, or not a new believer, but maybe someone who just made teshuva, who just repented, and they have a lot of fervor, and they 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 sacrifice, right? Like, oh, I, I I'm turning to God now. They sacrifice all these all these things, all these negative things. They 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 shed it. They shed their 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 old life, and they have all kinds of zeal for God, and that is that's them coming from the lower realm to the higher realm. But he said, in order to get to the inner realm, where you're actually bringing um, bringing sparks from the dark side, essentially back to Hashem, back to the light. This this is not accomplished with your initial fervor, your initial zeal that a big like that a new person would have. That this is done with the um, inside. This is something that is like an inside work, a deeper work, and this comes from consistency, the kind of consistency that consistency that Sheila was talking about the daily work and um he was comparing well i i don't remember if it was him or it was me i was thinking of like you know like a marriage when you first get married or when you first fall in love or whatever you have all this love and you think everything is wonderful and perfect and then you get married and you're like wow this is crazy maybe i don't know about you but <laughs> everyone has a different experience but i'm sure everyone after getting married they're like wow this is way harder than i thought and that initial zeal is not enough to carry you through eternally. You have There has to be more and it has to come from the inside. And when you develop this, um, this inner, this inner strength, that's when you, I believe this, that's when you truly shine your light to others. Um, and that's why, you know, for me, it's very important when, when choosing someone to um, learn Torah from or learn the Bible from, um, it's very important to me that they are um, not young, that they are they're an elder, they're experienced, and they have shown through their life the fruit of their faith. That's very important to me. That doesn't mean that I won't listen to a young person. Obviously, we're we're giving drashas to you know uh, we're get uh, we allow all of our young people to give drashas because we want them to 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 practice you know uh, speaking words of of Hashem to the world and giving their testimony. But, um, you know, just that we should be very careful about who we're following, um, that it's not just words that sound good that we're going to be following, but we want to also know that their life is a godly one and understand, know their character as well. Okay, Baruch Hashem for all the wonderful messages, different perspectives we get to hear on Shabbat. Let us turn into our, our Siddur um, on page um, 77 um, for the, the Psalm 145 or the Ashray. And let's sing it together. 
Taylor le David, Aromim ha elahai hamalek, Baravra ha shim kalilam baed, Bekoyom avra keka, Beahala shim kalilam baed, Gadol adonai umhalomeod, Beling du la to en keke, Dole doya sabak masecha. Oh, my God,